Thanks for calling the Brand Hansen Show. If you want to say something about something we were talking about on the show, press 1. If you want to sing the jingle with me, please press 2. For personalized advice from our team of advice goats, press 3. To be pursued and then trampled upon by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, press 4. For an opportunity to silently reflect, press 5. To file a complaint about Sherry, press 6. To file a complaint about Brant, press 7. To speak with our team of customer service ferrets, press 8. For a big old hug, press 9. From interprep.com, this is the Interprep Podcast. Sherry, my first question in this episode of the podcast is, would you consider Brant to be a doofus? <laughs> Uh, My goodness, this podcast right. is really starting off well. I like this. <laughs> Confrontational Mike Wallace style. Right from the beginning. Let the bell ring and let's go. Come on. Let's swing. <laughs> and then hang on, Sherry. I have a follow-up question about Steve Olsteen. Go ahead. <laughs> My goodness. No, I would not, Steve. Okay. Well, only because... Uh, he and I were going back and forth by email about uh, you know when to do this interview, and at one point he emails back and he says, "Oh, I'm such a doofus, I forgot about this thing we had going on." So I thought I would check <laughs> in with you. I I do listen to your podcast, and I, I never ever thought of either of you as being doofuses. Well, but, thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. Not at all. That. But in, in full disclosure, and I do have an executive function problem. <laughs> like you need to be able to correlate. Uh, calendars and communicate with people and that sort of stuff. And I, I just, I, I really have a, there's a void in my head where that part of your brain is supposed to exist. Mm-hmm. So that actually. I don't think that makes you a doofus. Though. No, it's no. Different skill sets. Everyone has different, different skill, skill sets. Different skill sets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're on the radio, but real quick, uh, have you seen success? You don't have to get into numbers and stuff, but do you find that you have a, a good audience on your podcast as well? The, the Brant and Sherry Oddcast? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, I don't even know how to handle it. I mean, we didn't, we didn't set out to go, how do you do an awesome podcast? It was more, let's just take the content we're doing and put it up. And so it moves a little fast compared to a lot of podcasts. So we try to put some extra stuff on there because it's basically a roundup of what we do on the air. There you go. You know, it's just our air check. Um, so we try to put some extra things on there. But honestly, I don't know the specific numbers, but I know like it's... It's the size. It we have a larger cume with our podcast than a lot of stations I've been on yeah. do. So it, it's it's so worth doing. And these are people that you just connect with. These listen the people who listen to the podcast are just like friends. Mm-hmm. So it's really wonderful. How so? Let's let's go back to the very beginning. How did you guys get together? Well, do you want my version or <laughs> Sherry's version? Because otherwise, otherwise as known as her, the truth, Sherry puts herself in the starring role of the. <laughs> no, honestly, that's actually true. Honestly, um, so I was working at Air One, which is a big network out in California, and had a show, and I knew I wanted someone on with me. Um, I, I got them to consider hiring a producer. Uh, I need. I, I really feel like I'm not cut out to be a solo DJ or whatever. I need I need someone, and so th- that worked out really well. When I was doing previous shows, I'd have s- someone occupying another role. And uh, Sherry applied for the job, not really taking it seriously, and that was so <laughs> compelling to me. Like, I, we did a Skype interview with a few candidates, and she was so nonchalant and cavalier about it. Like, 
she could take it or leave it. And I, I couldn't resist that. I was like, this is so intriguing that she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and by and by doesn't care does that like in the skype interview was she just in her pajamas no just, but no. it was kind of that feel to it where it's kind of like well you guys whatever and um it was so compelling and uh but i knew and she'll she'll tell you this too like within three minutes i just felt like okay we have a similar background sense of humor a lot of it we find out is from similar family backgrounds similar religious upbringings, similar, like all of the goofy stuff that can go into life that shapes a weird, sarcastic sense of humor, like that's, that's there. So I knew that within a few minutes, so that was, that's my angle on it. We, we wound up hiring her. It wasn't even close, my opinion. Like, yeah. So what's your angle on my it? My angle, that's actually true. I already had a job, so uh, I wasn't happy in it, obviously, is why I was interviewing for other jobs, but um, I didn't think that they were serious about hiring me. And so I didn't take the interview seriously. I thought that they were just kind of going through motions uh, to... Uh, Equal opportunity. Yeah, throw a minority in there somewhere. So right. <laughs> I thought I honestly thought that's what it was. And so I, I gave it no uh, consideration. I, I remember very specifically having dinner plans that night with my friends and it running a little late, me being like, all right, well, let's wrap this up. Um, and then remembering connecting so much with Brant during that time that I had interviewed already with other people for this job. I hadn't told my family anything, but after I had the Skype interview with Brant, that was the first time I told my uh, my friends and my cousins that I had interviewed for something. And it actually, this time it felt real and felt like it actually might be something I was interested in. So Now, what, what for those who don't know, what is or was you're not with Air One anymore, Brant? Mm-hmm. This is a weird, well, kind of, kind of a, this is really weird, but radio people I think will be interested in this. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll give you some ideas for your own career or whatever. But uh, when, when I left that network, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I had done some work with an outfit called Cure, which I'm just smitten with. And there are hospitals around the world that heal kids have correctable disabilities in, in developing nations. So I visited a bunch of times these hospitals. Well, they were like, we'll hire you. Because we just appreciate, you know, what you can do and um, how you communicate, and we need somebody to communicate what we do. Uh, so I took this job not knowing what we were going to do. They decided, hey, it might be good to just relaunch your radio show, and then we pay your salary. But if stations want it, then they have to air spots about us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the inverse of the normal commercial uh, content thing. So uh, the stations don't pay me. Um, we have we do have a syndicator that pays Sherry's salary, so the syndicator gets some spots as well out of barter. Um, but I don't work for the syndicator. I don't work for the stations. I just we just do our thing, and then the stations can take it if they want. And it, it's good for their ratings, it tends to be, and it's good for their their fundraising and everything. So uh, it's just been a win 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 across the board. That's that's the easiest way for me to explain it. But it's kind of odd because I don't work for radio. Sherry, did you see this? Uh, you know, Brant kind of started out in traditional AMFM. How about your orig- origins in radio? Did you see this in your future, this sort of syndicated slash podcasting, uh, um, you know, career? No, I didn't see any <laughs> any of this anywhere. I, it's I, I, I sometimes I still marvel at it. Actually, uh, I started out in AM radio uh, on a, a little gospel station. Uh, actually, no, it was a bigger gospel station. That it came to Pittsburgh. 
And then um, I went to another gospel station in Pittsburgh, and then I started doing talk radio uh, with a Salem station uh, in Pittsburgh. And my whole career was in my home city, and I did not leave until I went to uh, Air One to be with Brand. So, um, yeah, I did I did everything radio from, you know, AM to talk to ski reporting I used to do for various stations. I used to uh, <laughs> do reports about ski uh, ski places. I'd do that April through uh, November for extra money. And, yeah, November through April, I should say, so. So now you guys are, where are you based out of? Where are you right now? We're in Jupiter, Florida. What's your day look like then? You're syndicated. You're not, uh, you're not tied to a schedule where you have to be in the studio at 5 a.m., but you're heard on hundreds of radio stations plus the podcast. So what's the day like when you have a unique broadcasting uh, job like you guys do? We have, we, our, our, our days are a little bit different. We intersect to do the show. Um, I have a studio above my garage. So this is where I'm doing it. I walk across a little patio, and uh, so that's nice. I prep for two or three hours a day, and Sherry does the bulk of her work after we record, and we record a day in advance. So we have about 200 affiliates or so, maybe a little more than that, and uh, we try to post it the day ahead of time. If there's something that happens in a community that's pressing a news story, a big story, then we'll try to furnish something local for them that day. We don't want to ignore something huge. Uh, but that's generally how it works. I, I do most of my work beforehand. She does it afterward. And then because I work for Cure, I still have meetings and whatnot with them, usually after our show. And then, Sherry, you guys, you, so Brant does the bulk of the, the show prep, so you really have no idea of the topics that he selected until you show up uh, above his garage to record for these 200-plus affiliates, right? <laughs> Well, Steve, when you say it like that, it just sounds silly. It does, it does sound kind of ridiculous. <laughs> if if you had 10 affiliates and 50 podcast downloads a week, it would sound really silly, but you don't. It's, it's, it's much bigger than that, so I feel fine. That's a great point. So, Sherry, you show up, though, and he's already decided on these topics, and then you guys just, you, you have a conversation, multiple conversations on a variety of topics. Is it a good way to say it? Yeah, that's a great way to say it. So I, I literally have no idea what he's going to say or do. And I just put myself in a space to be able to react and to, I think it just, it just sounds so much more natural than if we had to sit down and kind of, you know, well, you say this and then I'll say that and you'll say this. Uh, I'm just grateful for uh, the setup we have because it, it takes a fair amount of trust. Yes. It takes trust on, on you know, his end that I'm not going to come in here and try to make it all about me or not pay attention to what he's saying or, or anything like that. Trust my ability to react in the moment. And it, t- it takes trust on my part that what is he coming in here with? It's going to be something funny. It's going to be something fun. It's going to be something insightful. And it, it, it actually makes the radio day exciting. I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, let, let me add something here, too, because the, Sherry is a high-end uh, performer, like actress performer, um, and she's very good at ad-libbing. But it's also true that we both know the, the strength of character. So if you put two characters and you know who you are, you can come up with anything that's thrown at those two characters, and it becomes a story. Um, so when I'm... When I'm, pers- when I'm prepping, I'm basically writing. Sometimes it's comedy writing, honestly. Um, and I can hear what Sherry will probably, you know, how she'll react. 
So a lot of my prep is how do I put this thing through the lens of my character in a way that Sherry can provide this point of view. And sometimes she'll go a different direction. And most of the time it's just, you know, it works. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I love I love the sense of humor. I love that um, you guys have a great conversation. Um, you you each own your own characters, but um, but your characters are you. I mean, that's one thing that you know. Maybe twenty years ago in radio, um, we could be somebody different on the radio, but now you can't. You have to be yourself. You have to be genuine. You have to open up. Right. There are serious. Talk- you guys talk about some serious things. You you talk about um, life as it pertains to the Bible. You talk about topical events all, all the time. You're a subscriber to Interprep, and I hear some of. That that material pop up in there. But then there's a goofiness to it, like breaking animal news, which is which is a lot of fun and just goofy. Yeah, and I think um, Interprep is really helpful in that. Again, I can look at the stuff. Maybe half my breaking animal news is from Interprep. I don't know. But it's like I see it and I go, it's got to be through the lens of our show. So all of that is perfect fodder. And the work of doing any kind of writing or any kind of prep to me is how does this where are we going with this and the mistake i feel like i made years ago and i think i still hear this a lot on the radio is like yeah you you found a sort of interesting story but you didn't have anything to say like where were we going with this so that's the that's the key i think for us is at least realizing like i haven't done i haven't done the work if i come in with just a thing and haven't processed it through some lens. So Breaking Animal News, honestly, is just a lens for us to put the typical stuff that rolls through on a show prep thing and um, have, a, have an angle on it. Yeah, I think that is a great question to ask uh, yourself. If you're sitting in a studio, either by yourself or with other people, before you go on the air, where are we going with this? And, and so no matter the topic, serious or funny, you can lay it out there, um, but then you got to go to that next step, and and oftentimes that next step is tying with tying very often tying it with something personal, a personal story or personal experience in that sort of space. And and Sherry, do you? I mean, how, how much Sherry do you know about a story that Brant has prepared, or does he literally deliver it cold? knowing that he's going to get a reaction, knowing that he knows you, you guys have known each other for years, and he knows that it's just going to work? Uh, 98% of the time, <laughs> it's cold. Uh, there, the only time that I may know is if I saw a story, mm-hmm. and I'll forward it to him and just do... Uh, it's so funny because it actually, um, in my texting, it'll actually come up now. If I type the word possible... Show comes up next and prep comes up next. So uh, I, I'll send him a story and say possible show prep. And so and he doesn't even say to me, oh, we'll use this or no, we won't use this. I actually don't know until we're in the studio doing it. And if he says um, he starts to read the story, I know that's the story I sent. But to his point and to your point, I still don't know the angle. So I still have to be in reactionary mode and paying attention because even though I sent him the story, I'm not sure what angle he's going uh, going to take on it. But 98% of the time, uh, everything I'm hearing is, is for the first time. So Brant said that, you know, two to three hours of show prep in advance, you come in, you guys do the show. How long does it take you to record your show? Uh, I, I don't know how many hours that you present. Uh, to the affiliates, but how long does it take you to record? Because you're not recording, you know, in real time. You don't have to worry about music. And then, how long, Sherry, does it take you to produce it on the back end? 
Um, the back end is usually, uh, we, it takes us about an hour and a half, maybe two mm-hmm. hours to mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's the show. And that's also sometimes we'll do some extra podcast stuff that doesn't uh, go on the radio, but obviously goes on the podcast. But um, we'll usually record five or six more breaks than we need a day. And then I assemble those breaks for an extra day so that we can typically work uh, doing a show Sunday through Wednesday. If we need to do something extra on Thursday, we can, but it doesn't. We don't have to record the show because I've already had enough material to get us through a five day uh, show. Um, assembling that material, uh, putting it together, putting it together in a way that's compelling. Brant uh, likes. We used to do when we were live. We used to do clocks. Was it clocks? Yeah, on how. Um, so thinking that people have patterns. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, Holly? I just I try to stagger the content so that we weren't always goofy at the same time and then always more serious at the same time every day. So I would look at what we did yesterday and try to do the opposite um, so that we don't get into these patterns of, uh, boy, they're just goofballs every time I tune in at 8.15. <laughs> or, my goodness, this guy is almost, you know, yeah. what's the deal? Just waxing philosophical like the Northern Exposure guy at 8.30. <laughs> So we try to vary it, and um, that's something across, like each day, we're thinking across that time yesterday, what were we doing, and let's do something a little bit different to give them the full context of the show, full texture of it, so it feels like a friendship. Yeah, how do you track that, Brand? You were you, you say you don't want to do the same thing, or roughly the same sort of theme, or silliness, or seriousness. How, is it just a pad of paper and pencil, or do you have like, a spreadsheet going? Well, I used to do like this big chart on a whiteboard. Seriously, I would put four circles and one for each hour. So it would be like the six, seven, eight, nine a.m. hours, for example. And then I would divide up the clock based on what I just did. So the first half hour, we might draw a G on the first half hour of that clock, meaning goofy. This is how scientific this is. <laughs> and then maybe the second part is serious. So I put an S there for those 15 minutes, divided up like a pie. Yeah, and I could look at that. I could look at that the next day and say, "Okay, what was I?" And I'm going to do the opposite today. And again, this is because part of our show is, you know, like we're really goofy. And then some of the stuff we talk about philosophically, for mo- compared to a lot of radio, is like that's pretty serious. So I, that's why it's so important, I think, for us not to just be a total circus every time somebody <laughs> tunes in, or you know, here's here's your existentialist moment. <laughs> Something like that. So, but if I understand correctly, because uh, you're syndicated and because stations air you at different parts throughout the day, I mean, you you really know going in, Brant and Sherry, that okay, we need six things for every hour or four things for every hour. We've got four hours that we're promising to our affiliates, so we need four times four is sixteen, or five times four is twenty, and so you know that you've got to have X number. Of breaks, yes. Is that a way to put it? Yeah, and so this is a, this is a content. This is why it takes so much prep because we also can't relate to the song that just played because we're not sure what it was. Yeah. So that takes away a possible prep hand or a card in your prep hand. Another thing is we don't do celebrity stuff, so that's another card that's out of the hand. Um, the other thing is we can't have continuous phone calls based on a topic. I can't open up a topic and then take phone calls live or even record on the Vox Pro in the moment, because that's not how this show is going to work. So all of that stuff that we can't do, so I have to come up with about 20 things or 16 things a day or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to say that stands on its own, that has a direction, that's a lot of content. It's It's not like just taking four or five things and spreading it out with phone calls or something. 
I have two more questions, one for each of you. Brant, you are just churning out content. You, you prep for two to three hours before each show. Um, uh, do you, how do you do that? How do you keep track of all of that? Do you, do you just throw it into a big you know, Google Doc? How do you manage that massive amount of prep that's coming in, not just from Interprep, but your other sources, and bring it all together? Well, this goes full circle with my lack of executive function because <laughs> you're right. It's just one big Word document. And I just keep adding to it, and it's about four, you know, four gigabytes now of one document. <laughs> Someday I'm just going to send it to a publisher, and it'll be called Foolishness, and someone will publish it as a book. But I, I can't organize it. I'm very disorganized, um, but that's how I do it. I just keep adding stuff and go to Interprep every day, go to hit a few other sites, and, um, and just sit and think. Think, 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 think. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's you, it. you probably remember one, what, you know, uh, something that comes up in prep today might trigger a memory from something you saw on Twitter a month ago that you copied in. You do a page search and, and boom, you, you bring it up. Yes. And, and so the system's not perfect, but it works. Yeah. I take a lot of uh, screenshots on my phone, too, of any news story or any tweet or anything. I think it's like somebody just was talking about Sloppy Joes today on Twitter. So I took a screenshot because I'm like, now there's a, there's a break. Mm. Why does no one make Sloppy Joes anymore? It was like what we ate three times a week. It was the best. It was. So like maybe that's just a thing going around or whatever, but it's like, okay, i got to save that. So then I'll go through my photos when I'm doing prep too to be like, what was it I was thinking about yesterday? That's great. Sherry, on, on my, my last question for you is you're the producer. You've got to not only get the show produced uh, and chopped up for your affiliates, but also put together the podcast. Any tips or tricks that you've learned, especially since the you know started started podcasting the oddcast? Any tips or tricks that you can offer uh, as somebody who's knee deep in the audio once everything's recorded? Um, I, I think to do your best to put yourself in the place of the listener, yes, so that. It, uh, it, sometimes, especially if you're really focused on the editing of it, the audio, all, I love every single part of it, by the way, Steve. Like the editing, the putting it together, all of those things are things that I, I cherish and enjoy. But I also have to understand how people are hearing it and assembling in it in a way that uh, is enjoyable to listen to, hopefully, and always trying to get better at that so that I'm not just kind of making widgets but uh, everything can't be an extreme work of art, obviously. But I do want things that people can consume, and it's an enjoyable experience. And I'm always trying to think about how they hear that. And so, to that point, sometimes the way it, it is assembled on the radio show will not be the way that it's assembled in the podcast. There are times where I put it a different way just because it flows better that way on the podcast than it would on the radio. Because, obviously, on the radio, I have the buffer of two three songs. So if he's doing Brant's three things, for instance, uh, on the radio, he has to set the second thing up with explaining he's doing Brant's three things. The first thing was this. The second thing was that. Well, that's really annoying for a podcast person to be listening to. Right. If, if you hear all of that setup, you just heard the break. There was no song. So cutting that all the way through to just getting into the second thing and then cutting that third one to getting straight to the third thing, understanding that you know the way this is being consumed is different than the radio and, and making, making concessions for that. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I'm, I'm actually a podcast listener. Uh, not a radio listener. I don't. I don't hear your show, so it it sounds very smooth. I mean, they're short segments, and I can pause at any time and come back. But I never thought about that. Uh, you're not just taking the stuff from on air and just slapping it in there. It's obvious that you've you know put together a product that's designed 
four people in their podcast app. So it's really good stuff, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Brant and Sherry, uh, download their podcast, the Brant and Sherry Oddcast. Continued success. Thanks so much for, for being on with uh, the Interprep Podcast. Thanks, Our Steve. pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks for everything you do. And that's the Interprep Podcast. Is there a radio pro you're a fan of? Someone that you've learned from over the years? Someone that other radio pros can learn from? Market size doesn't matter. So tell me about them. I can be reached at steve at interprep.com. And before I go, a reminder to subscribe to our free show prep. Visit interprep.com slash free and get free prep in your email five days a week. I'll talk to you soon and have a great show.